as I as I was saying before I was rudely interrupted by Mia. Uh, non, not. Yeah, simple. Dual, two is duality, yes. Duality, two. So non-duality, not two. Yeah, there was a famous Zen treatise, very famous, uh, Faith Mind. If you were, it's a very, very nice thing to read. It's only a page or two. You can look it up on the uh, internet, Faith Mind. And uh, this guy, Richard Clark, I think I like that translation. I think it's Richard Clark. It doesn't matter, but it's it's there. So after going through these stanzas, the guy who's like sort of speaking this whole little riff, some of the flavor is, you know, uh, uh, forget about seeking truth, just stop cherishing your own opinions, this kind of attitude, yes? So basically, it's not questioning or directing you on a path, it's questioning who is it that's being directed to a path, yeah? So it's not about knowing the truth, it's just losing interest in your own opinions. Nah, so it goes on and on like this. And at the end, he finally just says, just shout not to. So not to, yeah, that's the whole point. Not to, not duality. So in your head, are you thought about at times as Francisco? Does your head think about you? I'm just, it's not personal, yeah? All right, and then sometimes, do you feel like you're the thinking of it? Yeah. Yeah, so sometimes you feel like an object that the thoughts are about, yeah? And sometimes you feel like the subject who's thinking the thoughts, yeah? Yeah, so this is subject-object, yes? This is duality. So it's going back and forth throughout the day. Back and forth throughout the day. So can you hear? All right. So the view sometimes is that you're the one doing something or something's being done to you in certain ways. Yes. So again, object, subject, the head flips back and forth all day. Yet it hides this activity as, as what we are really representing by the singularity of what's remembered as you, which is a body. So all these activities are given a name and a form, and that name is Francisco, and the form is a body. Yeah. So now Francisco seems to be like a long-lasting, independent, separate thing, but it's whole, all of its activity has a dualistic nature, the mental activity, yes? So... You're either thought about or you're the thinker, you someone does something to you, or you're the doing of something to someone else. Yeah. So you're flipping back and forth, subject, object, subject, object, subject, object. This is called dualism. And really what non-duality is doing isn't for you to recognize the duality of the world, which you will. You'll see that when something happens, there's sort of a reaction and something else happens. Yeah. There's a duality of day, night hot, cold, male, female, yes, no, this or that. There's this duality, but that gets brought to the activity of what's happening now, yeah? And what's happening now is a dualistic event shielded or seen as a singular object, yeah? So this is what non-duality is questioning. So one of the greatest masters 
uh, of non-duality or presenters of it in modern time was a guy named Ramana Maharshi, very famous dude. Got the wares, live, you know, he lived in a diaper his whole life, which is to me incredible level of success. Really. I mean, if I'm not, I don't care if you have 30 corporations to live in a diaper your whole life. It's just incredible, really. Just beyond success. So he would, he seemingly, the story was he was sitting quite quietly for years in a cave. Yeah. And he was feeling like that essence he was sensing would transmit through the silence. And then he realized it wasn't working. So for the first time he spoke, he brought up this idea of self-inquiry that comes from the Vedas, which is uh, asking a question to you, through you, of where do you come from, basically, or who am I, yeah, or whence do I come? Because the whole sense of his idea, and this is just, I'm just riffing on it, I don't know what the sense of it was where he was sitting, but his idea, the word self in that world, capital S means everything. And he believed if you follow anything back, it's gonna lead you to that which you already are. Yes. So instead of trying to look for that which you already are this way, you're gonna stop, you know, or actually you're gonna see who the hell is looking for it this way and who the hell is seemingly always stubbornly pointing this way and to question, to have the attention interest go this way because if the interest and attention swims in this direction, it's getting to the ocean. Yes, because this whole river event is sprung from there. So we're gonna go swim back, bah, 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 who am I? And so he presented that. And then he also presented, he's, there's a great collection of talks he gave in like 1935 to 39, called, uh, I don't know what the title was, but Talks with Raman Mahashi. That's the one I got introduced to. And it was it has a lot of topics because he's meeting a lot of different people, mostly of the Hindu bent and stuff. And he came to two conclusions basically when he was sharing on an absolute level concerning surrender. He says, well, who is there to surrender and to whom or to what? So basically there's no event of surrender, but in the relative world, it may be the best thing to do. So he said, listen, if you're inclined and you have the ability to seek the origin of your own misery through self-inquiry, great. If you're outmatched by life, surrender to a power greater than yourself is the way to go. Surrender and thy will is done, so to speak, yeah? So he gave two basic meals uh, to all the different people, yeah? It's either this or that, yeah? And he said, he, he questioned the formality of meditation and spiritual practices because he felt, and again, I'm paraphrasing how I feel about it, is he presented, he said, you know, there's this stubborn uh, conception of this mistaken idea, which is there's a presupposing um, a, of a non-existent thing, which would be a body, yes? The body does not exist on its own. Something is existing through the body, yes? Like the eye is not seen. Consciousness is seen. This is why we have a guy who actually delivers eyes to people. And they when someone dies, they can take the eye out of that body 
in less than four hours and transplanted into someone else. And that eye that was, was never going to see again from that dead body is now seeing or facilitating seeing. Yeah. Because so it's the existence that's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. It's not the ears, the sense, the uh, smell, the taste, or the eyes. Yeah. Just to be clear, they facilitate an event. They're not the cause of the event. The cause of the event is this nebulous idea of consciousness or awareness or whatever. Yeah, so it's coming through. So he says the head is presupposing that there is a non this non-existent thing is existing. Yeah. So basically, when they're seeing, the, the head says you're the seer, obviously. Yeah. When there's thinking, you're the thinker. So you basically become the pointed at source of shit you really have very little to do with. Yes, so it's 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 it's, an, it's a giant petri dish for a weird mutated growth. I'll tell you that. So so here you go. So there's this presupposing. So he's talking through in time, which is cool because pre is something in time. Pre or pro is yeah. Preamble pro after before after, which is of time. So there's this presupposing, just like Amelia and I. A lot of times. We, we don't do it as much anymore, but we suppose a story, a store is open without calling. I just, I say, oh yeah, I'm sure it's open on Saturday. We don't make sure, we don't call, we drive based on this uh, uh, assumption and then they're closed. And it's not like they're closed, just they always closed on Saturday. Uh, but we would have called, we would have known that, but we thought we knew it. Oh, I think they're open on Saturday, we drive. So there's this presupposing of this non-existent thing. Yeah, see, she feels bound. And now you now she's been relieved. No, she's stuck on the other one. See that? That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so this presupposing thing is now assumed to be the supposed, the real thing, that you are the one who's doing shit, hearing shit, feeling shit, tasting shit. Yeah. And now you, as that, a lot of activity starts occurring, and you may be driven to seek salvation for that thing. Yes? So he says, here's the situation. This, ha this happens before you sit and meditate. This happens it's way before the, thing, the shit you're thinking you're doing to move somewhere. Yeah, it's way before. So it's claiming to be the meditator as your ass is going towards the cushion. It's very quick. So says, if this is the case, this is presupposing of this non-existent thing being an existing thing, yeah? Your spiritual practices themselves are reinforcing this mistake of the non-existent thing taken to be the existent thing. How are they going to destroy it? It's a very beautiful statement to sit with, yeah? Because it may capture what you've been doing. And this is the beauty of the message of non-duality. A lot of the things it says aren't directed or pointed towards you, but you sure feel like that because it seems to describe what you were doing, which was you've been trying to get out of something as that something, you know, and shit like that. So when I heard this, it was incredible because I finally heard it and I was sitting there, wow, <laughs> what do I do now? Uh, the non the uh, 
<laughs> the non-existent thing, taking yourself to be existent, has, has moved into the identification as being a spiritual thing. <laughs> and now, and what's giving it and reinforcing that identity is doing spiritual things. And now you're telling me that's all bogus? Yes. So when the spiritual pants fall down, whatever wants to pick them up isn't you. But if you can just let them stay down, a lot's revealed. So, so it's a pre this presupposing thing, this presupposing of a non-existent thing being existing. Yeah. And then wanting salvation for it. And now we're trying to, as a non-existent thing, get free. Yeah. When truly the freedom is from the non-existent thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's quite different. So this is the message of non-duality. It's usually very disarming because a lot of people who arrive at this message have been on the spiritual bus. They've been taking, you know, they've been taking the, they were told it was an express route, but they were take, been taking the local route. <laughs> Never seemed to get to where they wanted to arrive at, but hey, you practice. So this, and it's great news when someone hears it because they feel like they've done so much. And the only thing in that self-centered system that happens is you get blamed sooner or later at the end. You haven't done enough. You haven't concentrated. You need to sharpen your fucking scalpel and shit like that. And it just gets overbearing. So that which was a, a like a an honest or sincere uh, opening to want relief is now becoming more burdensome. Yeah. Just like here in, in a lot of groups, you would probably have been better off never hearing the word awakening. You probably would have been. You probably would have a better Saturday shopping at the mall. You would. And then the word enlightenment, which is the most ironic one, because one definition of enlightenment is the cessation of all suffering. And yet people hearing about enlightenment, the head uses it to cause suffering. Yeah, the exact opposite of the definition that you're seemingly dedicate your life to arrive at is producing the exact opposite effect. Yeah, because now you feel another burden. I have to be enlightened and you're totally outmatched. And basically, you failed once again. So and then or you see someone you think that can't be enlightened and they seem to have rushed ahead of you on the line. And the teacher likes them better than you. Oh, it's fucking killing, killing. So this is the message of non-duality. It starts right where everything starts. Yeah. And it gives you eyes from that which we start from, truly. Not that which came after that says it's the starting point, but the true starting point, let's let's call it awareness or consciousness or onness. And now you start seeing what you used to look from. And the navigating through that seeing is, is helped and reinforced by a good understanding of non-duality. Basically, non-duality pretty much to me was the last answer, pretty much hit the mark on everything. And uh, when I sort of, there was a grokking of it, it put, the, put an end to a lot of shit, yeah. And it really, in time, has appeared to be the last answer, which is a great answer. 
Yeah. So at this point, I have no need for any other answer concerning this topic. That's a great answer. So my sense of what happens is that you finally do not get liberated, but you get freed from the need to be liberated because that which needs to be liberated is not you. That's the beauty of it. So instead of having you as a goal, you see you as the point of having never left, yeah? So basically all the shenanigans I thought came about and left like, you know, ink tattoos on my life haven't really done much. On the level of what we are, nothing's touched it, yes? Like the sky, the sky doesn't get, uh, the sky doesn't get affected by what kind of cloud is appearing in it. Does it, does it get sucked into the cloud and become an unsky? Is the cloud appearing? Yes. Is it appearing in the sky? Yes. Is it of the sky? No. Yeah. If you weighed it, if you weighed the sky with tons of clouds in it, would it weigh more than when the clouds aren't there? No. Yeah. So this is sort of like in Dokchen, this Tibetan Buddhism, sort of like the a sense of non-duality. They would have this idea like on a clear day, you would just lay down and look at the open sky and it sort of mimics in an in a observation what mind big m mind is like incredibly empty but allows everything to appear in it but it's not affected by anything that's appearing yeah pretty nice so if this is your inherent nature then what's looking for it if this is your inherent nature which is the assumption the assumption in non-duality is being ourselves reality. So this we're seemingly pointing at is the inherent nature. Then what's looking for it? Who's striving to get there? Who believes it's not there? Who believes a lot? <laughs> <laughs> And instead of wanting to know the truth, just stop cherishing your own opinions. Yeah, because they're not your opinions. They're the head's opinions. And sometimes the head describes what's going on to the head exactly. And especially in recovery from drugs and alcohol, and actually you're recovering from underlying mental conditions, emotional conditions. Uh, this uh, we call it uh, self, but with a small s in recovery. So what has defeated us is uh, self. Yeah, and how does the self defeat us? Well, we're identified, or we're in the act of being identified as self. Yeah, are we doing that? No, the mechanical aspect of the head is doing it, but we're listening to it and we're listening to it and we're taking cues from it and we're living as what it's saying. We're living as if we are a long lasting, independent, separate thing. And starting from there, 
that's captured by the statement of Ramana that that's the non-existent thing. That feeling of being a long-lasting, independent, separate thing is the mistake because the thing that we're taking ourselves to be is a non-existent thing. What is existing is existence or the I am. Yeah. And so that's our true nature. That's our inherent nature. And therefore, that which we're not is busily looking for that which we are and is using that which we are to look for that which we are. Yeah. This is a simple reminder to correct that thing that actually never happened. You have never been forgotten what you are. It's just the head has overly remembered what you're not, basically. Yeah. So when you lose interest in the head, which is the pivot point, which is demonstrated by losing interest in liberation and you're freed from the need to be liberated. Fucking great. Yeah. Losing interest in waking up because inherently you know you're awake. Yeah. And so the idea that you're awake or not awake is an experience or an activity that we can play with on the basis of we're all awake. So there's just awakeness and a reaction to that awakeness is you can seem to be asleep to it or you can seem to be awake to it, but that doesn't change the basis of awakeness. The basis of awakeness is awake. Now you can live a life of thinking you are awake or you can live a life and think of your life uh, as thinking you're awake could be the unawakeness aspect. <laughs> Or you could just be awake all day, you know, like incessantly on, sleeping, awake, busy, not busy. So there's an awakeness and there's the uh, belief that you're not awake or there's a belief that you can be awake or the, there's a belief that you were once awake but you did something terrible to lose it. <laughs> but in fact... All of this activity is just playing around this giant, in this giant field of awakeness, yeah? And the point is, non-duality puts an end to you searching for your inherent condition as a goal, yeah? And to question that which would be motivated to look for itself as a goal and seeing it's not you, yeah? And therefore, it does say, stop looking for the truth. Just stop cherishing your opinions. That's sort of the way it works, yeah? You stop trying to get more mindful or more scalpel, surgically laser-like, and you get sort of sloppy and like dog shit of winds. Yeah, you just fucking... Because now uh, you realize that your the head is using what you are to look for what you are to basically hide the fact of what you are, making you a goal or, or an arrival point of what you're not. So now what you're not is getting a huge pump up by looking for what it is. Yeah. Using what it is to look for what it is as what it's not. So what happens with the idea of God, you'll be a knower of God way more than you'll ever realize God. So looking for God is going to be empty.
recognizing the knower of God all the way, seeing a big fucking head of itself in the mirror. Yes, yeah. So these are nice things to run into because it's a safe place to watch that. You know, the house of cards collapse because it's fucking burdensome. It's slavery, really, to keep fucking, you know, pumping, you know, attention and interest to keeping it seem to be erect. Let the fucking house collapse. Yeah. Maybe you may be, you know, maybe too late to live with diapers all day, but there's other, you can travel lighter, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, that to me is what non-duality is. It's mostly what it ain't, really. That's what it does. Because it's so sure that we are reality, it doesn't try to describe anything like reality. It try, it describes what we're not. Because all that's needed is for what we are to see that we're not that. Yes? And then what's going to happen by seeing you're not that? There's going to be an oomph in the feeling of what you are. Yeah. In other words, the sense of I am mutated into I am Paul. Yeah. You'll see the presentation. It's like a the mental state becomes like cognizant of the I am and immediately uses its ever-present pulse to imply that you are alive as Paul. Yeah. So now you see that. You see the I am, and then you see the claiming of it and the making of Paul. Yeah. It doesn't stop. The mechanicalness of the mental activity isn't open for a huge change. It isn't. If you're hoping it to be your amigo and, and you know walk this path, it's fucking gonna be a drag that's its activity it is you can't blame it it's so like the lady with the snake she was very good to the snake and she expected some return and the snake bit her and then she was surprised and asked the snake snake mr snake why did you bite me i'm a snake yeah 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 so if you take the disguise off the mechanical operation of claiming I am to imply there's a thing called Paul that's existing. Yeah. If you take the, the blindness off of that, it's just looking at machinery. Yeah. There's no volition. There's no flavor to it. It's a machinery. Whatever's going on, which we're bringing that about being a reality. Yes. This event is triggered by reality, dreaming, so to speak. Yeah. So whatever's going on, it getting triggered by that, yes? It reacts by claiming it to keep reinforcing its one and only narrative, which is the programming is self-centered. The, the whole system is centered on self. It's the integral part, like it's described in the, I don't know if you've heard the Course in Miracles, but it's described very clearly in the Course in Miracles what does the brain do? The brain interprets to the body of which it is a part. There you go. That's all you need to know about the brain. The brain from the Course of Miracle view is the brain is interpreting everything that existence or consciousness is allowing to occur, this contact, yes? 
it's interpreting it to the body of which it is a part. So it's it's constantly using conscious contact to infer you're the one who's conscious. And the story of that you is an unconscious story. It's mechanically spun and it's mechanically reinforced, but there's some taking it so personally, which the digger, one of the hardest things to dig out in all this shit is the feeling of being volitionally before it, like I'm doing it. I am my own worst enemy. No, you're not. Yeah. I hate myself. No, you don't. There's activity going on that you're not the source of. Yeah. You're the money behind it. It's the interest and attention that you represent that's going into it. But you are not the source of it. And it's mechanical. Whatever's happening, when the head gets a sniff of it, it will claim it and put it into its narrative, which is a self-centered narrative. Yeah? You as a long-lasting, independent, separate thing. Now, it will, it, will lead, it will let you think you can become spiritual. It will let you do a lot because it grooms or grooves or gets a lot through the act of identifying. It just feeds off the fucking thing. Yeah. Just like it happens. I get a Fiat, fucking 2014 Fiat. Then I'm driving people with the same car. Hey, yeah. It's like I'm found, now I'm identified as a Fiat owner. You know, this is, we're searching for some kind of meaning all fucking time. You know, I like the New York Giants. Does anybody on the New York Giants know me? No. <laughs> they have no fucking clue who I am. They're, they're making millions of dollars while I'm right. fucking buying a $30 beer, root them on, you know? <laughs> Shit, no, this is the head. The head set up the trap and now bitches about the trap. It, its whole story is to be separate. Now it bemoans, I'm so disconnected. It just goes on and on and on. on and on. And I believe the mental state has that mechanical nature and also has an addictive nature. So the mental state overdoes it. Yeah, if it gets into something, it can get really get into something. And then it goes into holes, yes. And if you stop drinking, you start looking at porn or something else. It wants to leak out, yes. It just has this urge to leak out and this idea of why nothing is working is because I don't believe we're getting to the root of the addictive nature. Yeah, I believe it's a mental quality is addiction. Yeah, and if you, and to someone who is addicted to drugs and alcohol, it started out as a solution, drinking and using. There was something going on before there was that urge to escape that they needed to escape from, which was the selfing. Yeah, they were overly obsessed with this fucking activity. They weren't, but there was an over amplification of it and they needed some fucking relief. So they found it with drinking. And maybe they would ask someone something like, just go out on a date if they were drunk, but they wouldn't do it if they were sober. So yes, so they start drinking and now that solution turns into another aspect of the beast. And now they're in rehabs and fucking shit like this. Yeah. But at first it was medicine, they thought, because they were getting relief from this bondage of self by when they were drunk. 
but now it has its own fucking tendencies and problems it produces. So what happens? This thing goes this way, it goes that way, because we're not getting to the exact nature of the wrong, which is the mental state's addiction to these ideas. And if the interest and attention of your life and the faith of your life is put into that, it's going to produce the similar effects that I see everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So where do you lose interest in self? Definitely not through self. Self trying to lose interest in self is interest in self. Telling that which is playing God, it has to quit playing God. Its only reaction could be playing God. It cannot help itself. Yeah, you see that. Yeah, and you stop relying on what's unreliable. And you start taking cues to that which is before thinking. Yes, and you start being directed because you're going to be directed here. In time and space, you're like a little missile. You have a destiny. The action figure is going to be directed. Yeah. It's not like you're not going to have an employer. You're going to have a new employer, like we say in recovery. Yeah. You are going to be employed or be used. This is what happens here. You're going to be used. Yeah. Now, what's going to cause a huge experience in you is what's using you. Many of us have been used by the mental activity. And we fucking had enough. Yeah. There's a surrender, whatever you want to call it. And now you feel gratitude and honor and awe, where before you had grievances, resentment, and cynicism. Yeah. So now the factory that's producing misery, it isn't because of the factory, it's who's running the factory. Yeah. So now you have a new employer, it's producing new products for you. You, you observe them, you express, there's expressions come through you and you see there's a different way or a better way or whatever you want to call it, which is trusting the infinite rather than finite self, as we put it in recovery. Yeah, a dualistic presentation for the action figure, either this or that. Yeah, as Jesus said, you can't serve two masses at the same time. Same thing, a dualistic thing, yeah? You can't be listening to this and then saying you're listening to that. It doesn't work. Yeah, so this is, non-duality is just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Because uh, what's your head going to arrive at if it feels like it can never defeat that enemy? Yeah? Through the non-duality message, there'll be a hallelujah about that. There'll be a hallelujah that you can never defeat the enemy because the enemy, there is no enemy to be defeated. That's the beautiful message. Yeah. The beautiful message is there's no vanquishing, killing, destroying, you know, there's none of that. It's, 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 uh, becomes irrelevant through lack of interest, really. Now, you're just not interested anymore. Why? And I found you cannot arrive there through self. Self trying to lose interest in self is self-interest. You can't do it. It's impossible. Yeah. 
So it's not based on, I got to do more and it's going to be that final breakthrough. I don't believe so. I believe if this, if the head is claiming everything that's happening through you as it doing it, it's going to neuter or negate any possible freshness you thought was going to arrive by doing all that shit. It's going to end up the same on same on. Yeah. So the most important part of a message is the warnings that come with it, really. The warnings that even in the highest, if you're 8,000 feet up in the Himalayas and you sit down and you're caught and you're alive, the head is going to claim to be the one sitting down on the 8,000 foot cliff looking over the Himalayas. It is. Now, does that mean you're going with that? No, but it's important if you see it, because if you don't see it, I humbly believe you're going to be looking for it. You're going to be looking after you're seeing that beautiful vista, you're going to be looking from it in time as a thing. Yes. Which is going to make you have to go 8,000 feet higher and get a bigger vista. Yes. Yeah. So this is the warning. Yeah. Like whatever can be perceived cannot be that which is perceiving. Super clear. Yeah. Are you perceiving this? Yes. This is not what's perceiving. There you go. Just blend it on to you. You're, I'm perceiving that. That's not what's perceiving. There you go. Simple. Then you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. Why? Because you're the Buddha. You can't use light to seek light. Why? Because you're the light. You can't use mind to seek mind. Why? Because you're mind. Oh, all right. Now... Because it's gonna, you're gonna be into a huge argument if it's Paul who spent 30 years in Buddhism seeking for the Buddha to say, hey, Paul, you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. It's probably not gonna go well. But if you see you're not Paul, then you're probably gonna hear that message from the Buddha. And when the Buddha hears it, you can't use yourself to find yourself. It's very super clear. Yeah, so what happens? Seeking goes down. Hmm. way down no seeking the sense of the seeker gets very loose do, 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 do. no seeker no seeker no seeking yeah perpetual finding disarming every arrival is met by on having never left so you can think like you left and you arrived, but it tells you on having never left every fucking time. Every time you land in this Hawaii, when they put the flowers around you, they're going to whisper, hopefully not in Hawaiian, on having never left. So, so enjoy the trip. Come bitching about this, whatever. That's fine. It's great because when you arrive, you've never left. That's the great news. Yeah. You are what you're looking for. When? Now. Where? Here. Yeah. But I haven't fulfilled all the requirements. Who has those requirements? Wait a minute. Did you get a, a big requirement from the godhood? No. Somebody, you came up with some fucking thing. All right. You got, you're the one who's got the requirements. Just fucking wad that thing up and throw it away. Yeah. And when you knock on heaven's door and God says, Paul can't come in, you'll walk right in because you'll realize you're not Paul. 
Yeah, just walk right in. Yeah, so, yeah. Anyone have any questions there? Raise your hands. Raise your virtual hands. I was wondering why you brought up transplanting eyeballs. Have you heard that that's happened? Yes. One of the guys who comes to the talk on the recovery talks, he drives around Seattle to hospitals picking up eyes they give to people to see. Yeah. Huh. Yes. So he told me in four hours when the body passes away, I think in there's four hours where the eyes are still fresh. They can still be used. That's what he says. And I didn't go home and immediately Google it because I don't <laughs> care. I don't care if it's true or not because I don't think much is true here. I don't. I think <laughs> I think what gets conveyed is much more important than what's true or not. Yes. So I'll use anything I can to convey something. Yeah. Why uh, yeah. and Aaron raised their one hand? Uh, we have our own Tobias and Aaron. See, we have our friends right here. Oh. Well, yeah. <laughs> We have our own uh -huh. Northern California, Tobias, and yes. <laughs> now these folks came one meeting, and I've known them since. It's great. They're my uh, my uh, Stella students. <laughs> you don't mind? I put your faces on a brochure. I hope standing Topeka. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now I am. Yes. All right. Tobias. Aaron, yes. Yeah. We're we're lifetime members, as you declared, and we, we accepted. Um oh, good. Yeah. Uh so you mentioned the word mechanical a bunch. Uh interesting. There's this uh scientist Donald Hoffman who basically says that you know time and space are a headset that we're wearing that's manufacturing, you know, generating perceptions as they're happening. And so I just was throwing that out there. It's like, yeah, mechanical is a great uh, idea for it. Um, and in the right before you got on, on the call here, people were talking about memory and how they can't remember anything. And uh, I was just thinking that, yeah, memory is overrated. Like having, on having never left, I don't really, it's not important that I remember any details about the the story. The character did a bunch of stuff. Occasionally I'll get stuff that's like, oh, I can make a living amends about that by not doing that again. But like, I don't have a lot of regret related to yes. ruminating. Because me, like the, the self thing is just constantly overrating memory as like th this this really happened. It's really important we rectify this, or, you know, redeem yes. myself yeah. for this. But uh, yeah, it's just uh, a, an awesome message that we, you know. So I'm not remembering anything accurately anyway. This is like, no, I've done some research and uh, it's like, yeah, my memory is, 
so spotty that it's well there's nothing anyway really isn't it i mean we try to think accurate would would make the thing more so solid but it's everything's moving it's everything is being given meaning like it says in the force of miracles lesson number two you and i give everything all the meaning it has so meaning is the currency yeah meaning 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 and so and People have this as an experience in recovery quite a lot. They had a story or a story had them that uh, the worst thing ever happened to them was the night they got pulled over and then they get sober. And after a few months, they realized that was the best thing that ever happened to them because they got they see the connection of getting sober and now sober is really great. Yeah. So what was it? Was it the worst thing and then it went through a transformation or and then turned into the best thing? Or was it no thing and you gave it meaning? Yeah? So your meaning to being pulled over was a super drag. So you thought that was the worst thing that ever happened to you. Yeah? And then that meaning, you changed, and then that meaning changed. Yeah? So there's nothing accurate at all, except that there's nothing accurate at all because it's dreaming. Yeah, seriously. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. And Which... so this is why, uh, let's say that guy talks about the headphones of time and space. Now, yeah, the VR if be a feeling presented with that info, then I feel that has power. But a lot of times the info has an antiseptic thing. It's sort of like the physicist knowing there is no world, but he's still flipping out by the, the newspaper boy missing his porch on Sunday. You know what I mean? So I love when they have this thing, yes, time and space, but a feeling in there of that they've been relieved of time and space. Yeah? Yeah. You know what I mean? So something can yeah. be said... And it can have a like a punch in it or not. Yeah. And so hopefully what satsang does delivers the punch and you forget the delivery system that was used because of the feeling or that sense is the value, really. That sense of like re the relief before getting relief. You know what I mean? That that like the bell gets rung a lot through the mental meaning, but then all, all through the day, you'll get a real clangor, you know, from the I am or something, from that knowledge, and it'll reverberate through all the other miscellaneous, ding, 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 the head's trying to do all the time, yeah? There's something gets through, and there it is. That's the aha. That's the unspoken yes. That's the knowing before knowledge. That's the, the idea that, no matter how long you're at work, you don't forget you have a place to live. Yes? It's a, it's not like you have to chant or take a coffee break every hour. I have a place to live. I have a place. No. You, you're you at work doing everything else. You And maybe what you're doing at work, you would never do at your house. You seemingly have been totally removed from the experience of being in a house, but you know you have a house. Not remembered, you know it. It's in your gut. Yes, that's the that's like the knowledge of I am, so to speak. There's a knowing before knowledge. Like the one master said, knowledge is finite, but knowing is infinite. 
Yeah, the knowing is infinite. Yeah, yeah. So this is what I hope we get convey a little and share in the Zoom and in the live is this feeling. And there's no need to put your finger on it. It's no need for a finger put on it. But it's it's like uh it's like how a sail would feel when it was filled with wind, you know, or maybe how a balloon would sense when it was finally blown up. There's just something about it. And I would rely on that. Yeah. And then I like that imagery of time and space or we're seemingly in a space suit and uh, we're taking this suits reaction to the life of this planet as our reaction. Yes. And so what would what would you want to do if you realize every time you talk to the person in the suit, the suit is hearing it, then you've got to uh, do something else. Yes. To get the message through, you got to start talking about the suit. So something else here is instead of trying to talk to you through the suit, talk about the suit to you. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe you'll see you're not the suit. And there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simple, and it it all rests on a level of interest and attention, and what we believe would weigh the interest on the winning side is actually the losing hand. You're getting interested in your own transcendence is really not working. Yeah, just like I I've had it deeply through observing when my head got concerned about my health, my health usually gets worse. Castro, I bet she said Castro. Mm -hmm. I mean, when my head goes, oh, this is really a problem, it becomes a fucking problem. A lot of times, if I don't give name and form to shit, it just comes and through, you know what I mean? But if I stop it, <gasps> you know, let me show, see your papers. Oh, and then I call some people, oh, it's really, and it's really happening. Yeah, so I don't, uh, the suit, you know, translates what's happening to the suit. Yeah, that's what happens. If you are hearing the suit's take of what's happening, and if you're hearing it in this act of being identified, you're going to be believing it's describing your reaction to things when it's the suit's reaction to things. And you're going to be thinking, I can't believe why am I so angry? Well, you're actually not. The suit's fucking angry. Yeah. <laughs> because everything the suit says about it, you believe it's about you. Yeah. You're not doing that. You are not the underlying. There's no you doing it. Just see it as mechanical. The head claims what's going on and keeps referring it back to the body, that you're the one who's doing this shit and you're not, yeah? So in recovery, we have something called this idea of self. And then we go, uh, this one of the greatest statements I believe in recovery is being convinced, which means to believe with certainty through your own observation, self, manifested in various ways is what has defeated us yeah if you are if we are we are now going to look at its selves common manifestations in our lives completely different us and our lives 
are one activity. Self is a foreign activity. Self is defeating us through our lives by its manifestations. Yeah. So when self says that I really fucking hate that person and you believe you hate that person, you're in the act of being identified as self. Simple as that. You can talk all you want, but the act is, and if you are calling the manifestations of self in your life yours, there's the act of being identified as self is working. Because when it describes, I am super afraid, you think you're afraid. When the suit says, I'm a super afraid, you react as if you're afraid. You're not. Yeah. Most of the suit's fear is wrong programming. It's mental anxiety. It is. You're usually flipping out about what's not happening. Fear is a valid emotion and a valid response when there's a threat right now. Mental anxiety mimics that, right? And plays it in the head. And we keep walking around thinking, oh, my fear. It's not your fucking fear, first of all. It's mental anxiety being produced by something other than you. But this act of being identified as it is given the name that it's already so and it's too late. You're not becoming what I'm saying you are. You're already that. No, you're not. You're impossibly, you are never going to become that which you're not, ever. And you were never were that which you're not. This is the good news of non-duality. No matter how much there's a belief, in a, a day, in five seconds, you can start laughing about it. The absurdity of it, yeah. So the head gives you a clear description of how it's seen something. I hate that person. You're sitting there, I hate that person. No, you fucking don't. You see? It's telling the truth. The head is telling the truth. I'm afraid of fucking everything. But when you go, I'm afraid of everything, that's not true. Yeah. It's saying what's true to it. What's true to it is not true as us. Yeah. What's true to it is not true as us. There's a clear definition. You can see the difference. Yeah. First of all, the head can't even define feelings, can it? It gives a lot of definition to it, but a lot of times it has no idea what a feeling is like. It says it mistakes the excitement to go to Hawaii as anxiety. It does, it's fucking, it, it calls a movement of lust love. It's not, it's not true, yes? It's completely misnamed and misbranding shit. And it's constantly describing its trouble in life. And we're sitting there taking it as our trouble in life. Let the fucking thing hang. Really, let it hang. Oh, please, please save me. Let it go. We have it. The head says, I'm in fear, I'm in fear. It's like a pledge of allegiance. Yeah. How many people go home and at eight at night over dinner, their head breaks the news to them, you had a bad day. You were there. Wouldn't you know if it was a bad day when it was happening? Are we that out to lunch that we'll just eight hours later get the news? Oh, 
hey, uh, did, you know, I really, that guy was looking at me very, you know, he wasn't. It's fucking all made up. And even if it isn't, who cares? Oh, I am so afraid of being destitute. Destitute may be the greatest thing that ever happened to you. You have no fucking idea. But no, no. I don't know. It's just, to me, it's so many forms of slavery. Yeah, slavery, just taking an inch here, an ounce there, just fucking having you tithe miscellaneous anxiety. So the big fear of the big foot coming out of the cloud stepping on you won't happen. Oh, I'll just worry about an ancient all day. Yeah, the tide, you know, the, the, the demon of anxiety. Yeah, it takes them. It's insane to me. So, you know, now, did it change anything? Not much. What changed was the interest in it. I don't have an interest in the production as much. I don't. It's producing the same fucking story. But it it's used to be like, a, it was like playing huge arenas. Now it's at a fucking dive. You know what I mean? It's like a washed up fucking goth band. It's going nowhere. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's all a movement of interest and you can't move the interest. It'll be a moving of interest. You will observe the effects. You will not produce the effects. You will observe the effects. You will. You won't produce them. Yeah. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyone there? I think we're going to close up. No hands. No hands. That's one of the greatest things I hear <laughs> at the Zooms. I sort of like that. Who would have thought? What what familiar comment would you hear would which would trigger so much relief? No hands? No, I would never have come up with that. Never. No hands? What the hell does that mean? In Zoom, it means hallelujah. You hit it. All right. No, it's all right. I'm joking. And it's a little kernel of truth in that. Anyone else? Tobias and Aaron, nice to see you. Carrie, as always, I think that's an Asian South East Asian hat in the background. Oh, it's like to come able from some fucking mysterious god. It probably is, man. You have to come check it out and you can let me know. All right, I will. Send me pictures. David Bitterman. Nice to see you, Dave. Yeah. Uh, Michael, as always, beautiful. I have actually been right where Michael is. Beautiful view of his backyard. Very nice. Mike Clark, down in Mexico. I love this. I love, know what you could do, Mike? Maybe become the head of the Department of Roads and Sidewalks for that town. Be nice to make a road, actually, a road there. Did I tell you about those guys I saw riding on the no. electric bikes? No. These roads would have giant things sticking up, tons of rocks. And these two white guys would ride in. I said, did you get the gonad insurance? Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> they looked very uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, all right, Sherry. I thought you were coming up. Uh, here, Sherry. Uh, Mia always. Next time. Oh. I don't know when. I guess it's going to not be till 
till later. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Hey, Hiram, my main man. No hats have come, Hiram. There are no, none. Yeah. Even though these people saw me with one of them on, there's no, they didn't come yet. All right, Marty, Wi-Fi, thank you. Akila, thank you for all the support. Wayne, nice to see you. Vlad, as always, we'll be seeing you in a few weeks. Yeah. Gil, nice to see Gil. It's getting in there, Gil, isn't it? Yes. 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 Tariq, back in Dover. Rico Cruz, nice to see you, Rico. Chris H., uh, nice to see you, Chris. How's it going there, Chris? All right. I think Chris He's asleep. Went oh, he went to he's asleep. Great. That's the best posture to have at satsang, going to sleep. Steve, San Diego. Esther. Esther, you're looking better. Good. Yes. Oh, great. Very nice. Andre. Oh, Mika. Mika John. Jan. Nina. Andre was just there. He just passed. Uh, Andre Klein, the Rubik's Cube. Nina. Oh, Nina. Last minute trips to Sicily available. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, I know. I'm expecting you. Yes. I'm expecting you, Nina. Nanette, she's got the one candle. I like that. Thank you. Chris G. Oh, I haven't seen Chris in a, in a while. He's back, he's back in front of that uh, very thin door. Brian, D, Lindy, Holly. Nice to see Holly. Uh, let me get through everyone. Kathy from Cleveland, Oliver, Berlin, Chris B, John S from Florida. Nice to see you, John. Chris Blake in Mammoth. Let me see Chris. Dennis, Cassandra, John K. John, thanks for the uh, donation. Susan K, I'm going to have a latte soon. Uh, that's it, I think. If I Oh, Miranda, J, A in Toronto or around there. Roman, Mahavir. Oh, Mahavir in the, uh, with the Portuguese Zen bitch lappers. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know how the club, I thought the club was dwindling. It's, oh, that's good. We still have a few. Nice to see you guys. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Hmm? Thank you. Oh, you're welcome, man. Nice to see you. Uh, Vlad. Vlad is a Portuguese and bitch slapper. Yes. Thank you, Paul. Nice to see you, Vlad. We got Thank Kelly you. Wisconsin. Uh, I think that I think I covered everything now. No, Axel. Axel H. Yeah. Hmm? New? Axel? I don't know. Axel, are you new? No. I can't hear you. You're muted, Axel. Yes, I'm first time. I'm from Munich, Germany. 
listening. And oh, great. Nice to see you, Axel. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Hey, thank you, everyone. And uh, enjoy the day. Hey, Tuesday, we can't when I have in a meeting, right? So Tuesday, 1030 in the morning, this Tuesday is not going to happen. And Mike, can you post that? Where's Mike? Yeah. The 1030 Tuesday morning recovery meeting, we're not going to have. We'll have the 4.30 Pacific time one, but Tuesday morning, Amelia at that moment may be a United States citizen. She's wow. taking her citizen test. So. Are you going to be there to- uh, she, needs a, she needs a verified American to, to uh, escort her. So. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, uh, all right. So listen, thank you, everyone. Thanks so much for holding the space and always a pleasure. And uh, yeah. Today uh, That's good. I'll give you a couple. Thanks, Paul. Love you guys. Thank you. It was great. Thank you, Paul. Good luck, thank Amelia. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Thank you everyone. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Thank, thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Welcome, Axel. Love to everybody. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.